good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of AV Daybreak. I'm your co-host, AV Phenom, Mark Coxon, here with Jared Hillman. How are you, Jared? I'm great. I'm. Uh, I'm actually today. Today we're we're is a holiday in our province. Yeah. For Remembrance Day, so I'm actually I'm actually off today. Yeah. Well, today is Veterans Day. I mean, as off as I. Down. Here. Yeah. Veterans Day down and you're here. You're working. But... Yeah, they don't really give us, that was one that I think we had to, you know, it's one that like the banks get off, but not us. So in, in Canada, Remembrance Day is, it's interesting too, because some provinces are the same, right? They, they it's just another day. Yep. Um, and some like are, is it, it's, it's actually a statutory holiday, so. That's cool. That's good. It should be. I mean, you think it would be. Extra extra day off? Are you right? who? What are you remembering today? What in in Canada is Remembrance what, Day? What are you saying? Soldiers? What are you saying? You don't support the soldiers, Mark? I I <laughs> yeah, totally soldiers, support yeah. the soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, it, just, I'm just uh, playing on the political extremism of social media. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Today today I have to work. It's uh it's, it's Veterans Day, but I have to work. What are you What are you saying? You don't support the soldiers? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> what do you just want them all to die, Mark? <laughs> exactly right. It's when they put the the thing about like <laughs> killing puppies in the bill for you know uh, legalizing drugs. And if you vote for legalizing yeah. drugs, then you want to kill puppies. And if you don't want to legalize drugs, then you want to kill puppies, right? So if you're working today and you're in Canada, I you, saw don't, you don't support the soldiers. You you must hate the military. <laughs> I saw a uh, like a like a meme. I saw a meme yeah. and it was um how social media works in the, in the first comment was like, I, I prefer oranges to pineapple or to mangoes. I prefer oranges to mangoes. And then it was like, then the response was from a random person. It was like, oh, so what you're saying is that you hate mangoes. And by the way, why don't you just kill all the pineapples and the bananas too, you know? And, just, <laughs> and it's like, no, just said I, I prefer oranges to mangoes. That's it. That's all I said. Anyways. I, I've, I've been in those runaway. I've been in those runaway train conversations, unfortunately. So I, I agree. It, but it's a day off. You get a day off. Do you know what I did? Do you, do you know what I did yesterday? I ventured into, I haven't done this in a long time, but I, yesterday I ventured into a Facebook wide discussion oh, on no. COVID-19. Oh no. Oh no. And I, and Jared, and I asked for it. <laughs> I, I I I I literally opened my post with "Please send help." Oh and no! Then I, and then I went into a. Uh, well, you know the, the the thing is is, um, like many people, I, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I I'm I'm just it's the whole the whole situation is 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 getting to me and. You know, it's it's getting to me and it's 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 kind of driving me crazy in different aspects. And so I, I went to obviously the the most educated platform out there. And I said, Hey, like I need some help understanding this. This <laughs> I, I just said I, I need some help understanding all this, right? And so I had a great it was great. It was really good. It actually went really well. It's still going. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure it is. It, this is you've just started a month long conversation. You just don't know it yet. But <laughs> but it has been really good. And and what I what what ha, what I my takeaway is is that there is still good chance to have proper 
discussion, educated discussion with, with even if you may disagree with them, it's still out there. That's still a thing. And that's, a, that's, a, that's, you know, that's exciting. You found a group I haven't found then. That's pretty good. No, <laughs> I've, I've had some good, valuable discussions. You, you have to, um, you know, you have to engage in a way that, that you're obviously yes. not, uh, putting somebody on their heels yeah. or in a corner. Right. And if you do that, um, typically, typically you can get a good conversation going back and forth, but yeah, it's, it's, it can be a minefield for sure. And every once in a while you get somebody that just reads one, one comment, you know, that's the hardest part, right. Is, is following a thread because you get somebody that reads one yeah. comment and takes that out of context. And then you realize, then you ha actually have to end up answering to that like 87 times because people further down don't see that you've already answered it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm having to avoid that. I did make that mistake or earlier this year. I, I wouldn't say it's a mistake, but I, I had a couple conversations on Twitter a couple this year about voting and one about one about COVID and a couple other things. Oh, yeah. um, I thought I was being pretty neutral, but you know, there are always those who think uh, the middle is is far left or right from their position. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, uh, well, cool. Well, hey, I yeah. have. Um, so, anyways, that that was good. Yeah. Talking about social. Um, see, segue again, talking about social, you know, this week I put out yes. another one of my, um, little AV quizzes. I do, I do this every once in a while. You know, last week we went, uh, that. we went solo, right? It was just you and me and we didn't have a guest and we did the mm -hmm. show. And so this week I'm like, Hey, we should have a guest, but it was Monday and we do the show on Wednesday. And I'm like, ah, I'm like I don't feel, I don't feel right about just asking somebody. I feel like I'm putting them on the spot short notice, but if I make it a contest, then I feel mm -hmm. like, then I feel like I'm not asking somebody short notice. This is just my excuse for poor preparation. Um, so I threw out a question on Twitter about, um, about projection. Think of, it, think of it. Yeah. Go ahead, Jared. Is it my quick start? Am I, I think, say, it, think, think of, of it, like, it as my think strength? Of like, think of it like offering an opportunity last minute to someone is what I would say. I, 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 that's what I was saying. That's, that's the way I saw it too. That's the way I would have perceived it myself. So I threw out another AV pop quiz and uh, Aaron Peterson, who we've had on the show before, was the first one to jump in. And so I offered him a, a spot on the show and he said, yes, so we should call him. How's that? It's great. Very, it's great. Awesome. <laughs> cool. All right. I'll, I'll plug in the secret bat phone here. Aaron. Hello. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. I can't believe you picked up like on the first ring. You must have just been sitting there waiting, waiting very, <laughs> very diligently by your phone just for us. I, I was just me staring at my phone waiting for you to call because that's, that's how my days go. <laughs> just, I just stare at my phone long, longingly waiting for your call, Mark. Because <laughs> I just hope that maybe today will be the day. That's that's one Aaron, that's one person. Aaron, you you participated in a contest to come back here, and and it just makes me wonder about your your decision making. <laughs> well, first off, I didn't know what I was really signing up for. I just thought it's it was almost like, like it was a cute little question on Twitter. I'm like, I'm just gonna be a little snob and answer it, and yeah. Hope and 
actually, so I initially said the answer was contrast ratio. And then I was like, you know what? I've got to be a little bit more specific. So I deleted that and I, I contrast ratio in a projection system because obviously we all work in the industry that contrast ratio can mean so many different things, so many different manufacturers and yep. even display technology all the time that it's kind of the one the one uh, spec that you almost can't even trust anymore. Yeah, it's the it's the most subjective looking, it's the most subjective, objective looking spec on a spec sheet, right? Like you think if somebody puts like, oh, it's a million to one or it's a hundred thousand to one, that there was actually math, um, like good standard math that went behind that. But depending on how they did it, there's like a, there's like not. <laughs> five million to one. Exactly. This, this, this projector has five million to one contrast ratio. Sure. I remember Easy. the in, right. infinite. I remember for a while, some people were putting infinite contrast ratio. No. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw some of that. So when, when Jared said decision-making, um, you know, he said, you know, I would, I would really, you know, you question decision-making. Jared, you know what I, you know I want to do to kick this off today? And maybe this will warm up our brains. I, I want to do, do like a little warm-up exercise with everybody here this mm -hmm. morning. Are you are you up for are you up for something different? We can't do trust falls, you know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I tried that on my last Zoom call and I got a headache. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, team. Everyone fall back. <laughs> Everybody fall back in your chair and I'll catch you. Um, none of my employees like yeah. me anymore, apparently. Um, so, yeah. Jared, we we what we happened <laughs> when they woke up from the from the days? Um, you know, last week. Last week, Jared, we talked a little bit uh, about proven, proven uh, guilty until found innocent, right? And yeah. part of that yeah. was you said you thought AV was one, one giant game of would you rather. So I just thought maybe <laughs> we'd play a little would you rather with you in the would guest you rather? this morning. <laughs> yeah, would you rather. Um, okay. kind of AV style and just see where it takes us. How, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Would you I'm, rather I'm do I'm that down. or would you rather do something else? You don't really have Whatever. a choice. Yeah. Are, did right. we start already? Yes, we've already started. <laughs> so Jared, okay, Jared yeah. and Aaron. I would rather not. I would rather not. <laughs> Too bad. Too late. I'm already in. Okay. Jared and Aaron, would you, would you rather, uh, take a job? or a project, either or, um, that was highly profitable and boring, or one that you had a 50-50 um, chance of making a profit on, but was a new challenge? I'll, I'll let Jared go first. You can break the ice, Jared. Would I rather take on a boring but profitable project, or take on a project that presented a new challenge, uh, but I may or may not make money. Yes. Am I the owner of the company still? <laughs> you can go from whatever perspective you want. That's why it's would you rather. You got, we have, oh, okay. a, we have a business owner, we have an engineer, and we have a salesperson. We have three different personalities here. So. Um. Yeah, for me, I would, I mean, as, as, as an owner, 
I can, I, I, I believe I would have enough challenges in my life. Uh, <laughs> so to, to me, I would, I, I would take, and, and for, for the, what's, what's better for the security of the company mm-hmm. at this time, during these times, I would, I would take the, uh, the making, making good money at a, boring usually means it went quite simple. It, it was simple. It was easy. So I'll, I'll take that. I would do that. You'll take that. Give me that one. Gotcha. What is, what is boring, but with a high profit, Alex? Uh, RIP, <laughs> Alex Trebek. You lost a great my Canadian dog. this week. Yeah. <laughs> we did. Yeah. Aaron. I think, uh, I think my answer would be, especially like I would look at the potential profit losing opportunity and see if, if there was a chance that whatever the solution is that we develop for it, could we market it to other clients so that there's more money down the road that we can maybe earn some of that back. If it is just a one-time thing where it's a super specialized custom solution for one individual, I would consult with a lot of my experts that we have, whether it's, if it's very customized in terms of a control system or software that we need to develop, I would talk to my people and figure out how many hours is this roughly going to take and actually price that in and just to kind of cover ourselves and present that to the client and be like, Hey, this is how much we actually think it's going to cost. We still have some question marks for X, Y, and Z, but we think that we can actually come out with a really cool solution at this such and such a point. And then hopefully with, we can market it to other people or, or the same client multiple times. Sure. If it's, if it, if it is a, uh, like if it's a consistent thing that they're facing. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people, especially right now have multiple sites all over the world. And so if it's yep. an issue at one of their sites at one location, it's probably going to be an issue somewhere else as well. Yep. Yeah. For, for, for me, I'll, I'll chime in on this one and being, being a sales guy who's, you know, uh, has ADD. Um, for me, I kind of, I fall in the camp of, of the new project. Um, but honestly, pretty much for the same reasons that, that Aaron was going to say, which he sounded, he was in my head, I think this morning. That's awesome, Aaron. I, I was kind of the same way. Is there a larger mm-hmm. market? Is there a larger market opportunity? Right. And I think a lot of times we stay away from the from the novel project that may be a whole new avenue of business or a whole new arm of business for us because there is some risk involved in it. Um, and you have to look at what what's the long term impact of taking that project. Like I may lose money on this first one, but do I do I make it up down the road by being the first person or one of the only people that can offer this type of service to these type of clients? And are there more clients out here asking for the same kind of thing? So, yeah, I'm kind of in that same camp and, and I. I did work at a place, Aaron. Oh, go ahead, Jared. I was just gonna say, and the answer to those questions could end up being no. There isn't more customers, and no, you're not making more money off of it, and no, it's not a system you can sell in the future. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hundred percent. And I'll tell you, um, you know, when I worked at when I worked at Chief, when you know, when we looked at new products, that was a big thing for product development, right? Was like we were always willing to take on custom custom. projects or look at new new avenues but um they were real good about making sure that if we were going to invest that that time which you can't charge for in the end product really for product development 
that there was a larger market opportunity and they were yeah. really bright about looking at that, you know, using customer empathy and studies and design thinking and all those things to try to figure out, you know, where it needed to go. Um, and then at an integrator that I was at kind of in Aaron's vein, um, you know, when I used to do some, some projects with this company that did a lot of museum work or, uh, high-end experiential work, sometimes the things had never been done before. And it wasn't that they couldn't be done. It was just that, uh, they could be done one of four ways. And there was a way that would be ideal that may not work. There would be a, a fallback plan, a fallback plan to the fallback plan. And uh, <laughs> they would they would actually price it um, based on what it took to do the job versus the and, and add for the risk of the job. So if we have to go through bit scenario B and C, um, what's that gonna cost us? And they would actually pitch it to the client that way. This is the money for the project and this is the money for the risk because you're asking for something that nobody's done. And uh, it was interesting to present it that way and to put it out there. But, uh, you know, clients who really wanted something different actually kind of saw that as, as a cool charge to pay. Like, hey, we're, we're innovating and that costs us a little bit of extra money. So. And, and we've had similar discussions with our clients too, especially on, like you said, some of these specialized first of its kind type of systems where we'd be like, we think we can do it for this amount of money. But if, if that doesn't work, we might need a little bit more amount of money. And usually our relationship with the end client is good enough that, hey, we're going to take you on this journey and we're going to work as a team to figure out the best way to do this together. And in the end, you're going to come out with a cool product, but we just don't know exactly how to do it yet. And usually they're all up for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So would you rather number two, and, and Jared, just to preemptively answer your question, you can, you can answer this question however you want, sir. You, you can be a business owner. You, you, can, you can qualify your answer in any way you want. That's why these are open-ended. So would you rather, number two, um, would you rather uh, lose money on a project and secure your reputation or make money on a project, fulfill the scope of work, but leave the client uh, unhappy. Well, what was the first one? Um, lose money on a project to keep your reputation or oh. maintain your profitability, still fulfilling your contractual obligation, but leaving the client unhappy. Again, you could qualify yeah, that we, however we, you want, Jared. Yeah, we've, I think we have talked about this. I was going to get Aaron's perspective too. And I think we talked about this yeah. some last week. I was going to say, I was going to say the first one yeah. for sure. Um, that's it's, we got to make it right. If, if we, especially if it's something that we messed up or now, if it's something that the client said they wanted to use product X, Y, and Z, and we install it and that product doesn't do what they thought they would or live up to our standards, we'll let them know that, hey, we should have used product D over here. But, and, but usually, yeah, the first one for sure is what I would go with. Yeah, and regardless of what position you hold, I mean, you're, the, the, the factor of your reputation is kind of like tied to your integrity, which is personal. So it wouldn't really matter what position I was in. I'd, I'd just have to make it right. Yeah, that was, that's interesting. And I, Final I, answer. Final I, answer. I'm, 
I'm the same way. And I think, you know, everybody's going to say, well, there's sometimes there's scope creep or sometimes a customer can be unhappy. And, and I agree. I, I think sometimes you come to a point where you can't just keep throwing money at a problem that's never going to be solved, that the person will never be happy. Right. But I think there's, I think there's a way to communicate in that process to find out where the, where the, um, where that point of happiness or where that point of at least um, satisfaction with your work can come in. And if you, if you can't find that, then you need to stop throwing good money after bad. But if you can come to an agreement on where that is early and figure out the most efficient way to get there, I, I usually try to do that. And in fact, you and know, it's, it's, go ahead. It's not, it's not necessarily money. Sorry. There, there's a bit of latency here. So I think you and I are catching each other off, but um, it's, it's not even that you you, you, you can't always throw money at things to try and solve them. But what, what I would say is that um, you're probably better off throwing, you know, throwing words at the customer more than anything. Actually having those hardline communication conversations and out, like laying out expectations and, and, and pushing them to the point of agreement. And when I say pushing them to a point of agreement, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily a point of agreement to maybe what the outcome to, to the outcome that you wanted, but it's pushing them to an agreement of an outcome. Yes. Right. And so, and, and giving yourself that point, right. So it's the same, this, this is the same situation you and I talked about the project we're working through right now um, where we've spent the last two to three months working through, you know, some challenges on, on a job that we did that aren't our, aren't yeah. related to our scope. Some are scope creep, some are mismanagement from our side, some are rushed from our side. And by the end of this month, we have a, a, a really good, a really good agreement from the client of kind of that stop point. Yes. Okay, we have now rebuilt our integrity. We've now um, fixed the concerns, the issues. We've gotten the system to where you expect it to be. Now moving forward, we both agree that everything after this point is billable. It's, it's extra scope. It's et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So it's just, yeah, throw words at it. I, I agree hundred percent. It's establishing that common ground and, yeah. and a neutral point that you both agree is, is, um, is a finish line for whatever the issue is. Right. And I think, I think many times we just start, we just start um, doing things without, like you said, pausing, and having that hard communication on, okay, where, where are yeah. we, what is our finish line right now? Like, where could I make you happy? Um, yeah. I, I agree with that, Jared. I think that's really good. It's a, it's, it's a skill that, it's a skill that's hard to, it's a skill that's it hard is. to hone without, without actually having to go through it. So the, the pain is, is where the, the lessons are at, right? Or <laughs> when they go through, but it's oh. amazing to me, it's amazing that if you've done it a few times, um, you start to figure out very, very early in a potential client relationship um, if the person may or may not be a good fit for you, just based on the way you communicate early in a project, you know. And you have to be you have to be authentic about the the conversation as well, right? You know, you have to go with an intent to to listen mm -hmm. and understand. Okay, you know, the client A, you're 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 not happy with the system why you know when they explain it to you like don't you're not i mean this goes for all communication right it's like my covid my, my covid question on on facebook right i went with i opened with an intent to get help to understand yep. what was going on around me right and so even 
even though I may not agree or I may not see things the same as what some of the responses were, I am intentionally trying to understand what, yes. why people are reacting or behaving the way they are. So, yeah. I like Boom. it. I like it. Next. <laughs> Next. Okay. Here's, here's one. I think I know Jared's answer to this, but I'll, I'll throw it out there. So would you, Aaron can go first. <laughs> would you rather, would you rather, um, okay. If you needed a new skill set within your company, would you rather hire someone who <laughs> has experience, you know, years of experience doing, um, the skill that you're hiring for, or would you rather offer the opportunity for someone within your company that has aptitude to learn that skill set, even if it takes you three to six months longer to, to bring that into your, into your workforce? Acquire or train? Uh, I would almost say both. Um, you could bring someone in that maybe could fulfill an immediate need, especially if it's something needed for a project. And if it's a skill set that you and your teams have just don't have the personnel to do it, maybe you do subcontract for that first project, but then if you have that individual that wants to learn, you say, hey, you sit next to this person when they're doing their work and learn the, whether it's a software product or learn the networking stuff or whatever it is, just learn like whatever the skill is, just sit there and have them learn and sit next to them and shadow them for that project. And so you're maybe spending a little bit more money up front, but then you now have that knowledge for an internal team if, if it comes back up again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I would, I would say you should always, always, always be taking any opportunity to help your team develop or grow that exists. But Aaron brings up a good point. You, you have to do it not at the, sacrifice of progress for the company and so if that need is something you need right now there's a way to do it bring in maybe bring in someone more senior um you know that it like like if you let's 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 take for example if if the staff member you're looking at to provide this opportunity to is younger let's say they're 30 years old and you want them to learn this skill set Um, and say it's a mastered skill set, right? We're not talking about, you know, how to, how do you spell check in Microsoft Word? Um, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe you look for someone more senior in the sense that maybe you would hire someone that is 50 that, that does this already or, or like, it's hard because I don't quite know the skill set, but maybe you'll look for someone that isn't going to be with the company as long. Yep and gives them opportunity to mentor and then move on, you know, cause if you hired another 30 year old that can do what you need them to, well, the likelihood of that person going anywhere, you know? Yeah. And, and then you've just kind of limited that, that, that original employee. So there's, there's different ways to do it, but I like, I like Aaron's approach. Yeah, I think I do too. I I'll tell you that I, I lean towards offering opportunities for development. Um, I do agree that if you have a project or you have something that's immediate, um, yeah, you know, subcontracting isn't a bad idea. And obviously, if the person's willing to let them, let them shadow and and uh, be a mentor, or if you price it that way, like, hey, we we want you to come in and do this project, but part of that is we also we also are trying to build this skill set in house. 
So we'd love to have somebody kind of, you know, shadow what you're doing and, and pick up some of that because they may price that differently, right? Um, honestly, if you give them the option, you know, some people might not be comfortable. I had a, I had a friend who uh, worked for Wells Fargo. He, well, I think he still does work for Wells Fargo. Um, he's an IT manager and he came in and they hired him on a project basis to do a couple things. And one of those was to do a culture change. And at one point they asked him to write a manual for the training he was going to give. And he said, um, so you want me to write a manual for the training? And they're like, yes. And he said, well, who's going to give the training? And he said, well, you are. And he goes, so you want me to write a manual for myself about the training that I'm going to give? He goes, how about I just give the training, right? And then, right. And then later, um, they asked him uh, to write down his transition plan. And he said, so you want me to take uh, my 18 years of experience in IT project management, write it all down in a piece of paper, um, and hand it to you, and I'm a contract employee. He said, why don't you make me full-time and we'll talk about me doing that, <laughs> you know? And uh, he, he used that as a, so he wasn't, from his perspective, he was being paid to do a project, not to, um, not to distill all of his knowledge into something that the company could use without him. Um, so I think there's a way, I think you're right, Aaron and Jared, I think there's a way to do it as long as the person who um, is coming in understands that that's part of their role, right? And they can make sure that they're comfortable with the compensation for, for doing that. Well, another thing that a lot of times maybe it's a particular skill set for a particular product. Yep. So a lot of times manufacturers will offer, they'll send a rep for X number of dollars to help like get that commission, that one system going. But then when the talking of having that done you send someone, you say, hey, we're going to have someone sit next to you so that they're learning it so that we don't necessarily have to do that. And usually that goes over really well. Now, like you said, if it's a freelance person that has a unique skill set and you're bringing them in to do that, now passing that knowledge might be a little bit of a rub the wrong way kind of discussion. But yeah, I can see that happening for sure. You also have to, you also have to take into consideration the other influences and, and this was talked about on the weekend a little bit was the other influences that subcontractors can bring into your organization right so what what you don't want so you have to filter through that so if you hire a subcontractor to come in and train one of your staff and 20 to 30 percent of the time that he's running through how to do something he's also talking about uh this project that sucked here and <laughs> oh yeah, I've got a boss like you've got, you know, and, 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 you know, bringing all that stuff with them and yeah. kind of just chipping away at, at, at mindset and culture that you've, you've kind of created and built within your organization. So, but I mean, you could, you could end up with the same situation if you hire someone bad too, and you put them in a mentorship position right away. So. Yeah. You have to be careful who you put the leadership spotlight on. Right. I mean, as a, as a business owner, bringing, whether you bring in somebody else from a different culture that doesn't quite understand yet, or whether, or whether you hire someone outright, um, if they don't have that same approach, those yeah. shared values, all those things, then all of a sudden, maybe, you know, this, this thing that you've built there, Jared at Hillman, and, you know, the culture that you've built and all those things, all of a sudden, you've put it in a huge risk, right, by, by doing that. I know when yeah. I came into um, Tangram, they, uh, they had me, um, they had me read a book called like the hundred day business plan or the hundred day or a uh, hundred day start or 
I forget what it was. I'll have to look it up. But it was a, it really what it was is when you're starting a new position that in, in a leadership position, this is what your first 100 days should look like. And one of the interesting things was, was them having you think through all of the people that you would interact with that may see you as a threat or may see you as someone who, who you haven't established trust with yet, but you need their um, yep. cooperation and approval to be successful within the organization. And they said, you know, a lot of, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're really thinking ahead, you're actually starting to identify and forge relationships with those people, maybe even ahead of your start date. So, you know, if you know, you're going to start in April and you've been hired in March, um, you may be starting, you may start asking for lunches with certain stakeholders within the company, et cetera, and really laying the groundwork of what all that is so that you make sure when you come in and now you start, um, you know, you start doing your discovery, you start doing all those things that you're not ignoring somebody, making somebody feel uh, unimportant, um, that you know the dynamic of the last person that was there, all those kind of things. Um, so it's very interesting. I, I get that. That leadership piece is cool. I think I lean towards the professional have development. You, Sorry. Have you read the five, uh, the five levels of leadership? No. From, uh, John Maxwell? I need, to, I need to read that. So... You should, because he, he talks about this. So there's, there's the five levels of leadership and, and the very first the very first level he talks about is, is what he calls positional. And, and that's exactly it. It's, it's when you are, you just by title only, you've been put in a position of leadership and, and what that carries with it. Yep. Um, and then basically you work your way through, through this, these layers of leadership with, with each relationship, because you could have, you could be on a different level of leadership with different people. Like you, you, how big is your team again, Mark? Yeah, my team is, my team is fairly small. So, you know, we have a, a 10, 12 person operations team and then we have, you know, sales and then admin. So like, you know, our how big is your sales team? Though? It's, it's only three people. Yeah. There's three people on my sales team. Plus so, me. so yeah, what John, what he would say is that you, you, you have three different levels of leadership potentially there. Mm-hmm. where one sees you at this level, one sees you at another. And, and the very top is, is where you carry such an influence with people and you're not even in a position of leadership, but you are a leader. You know, like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a pretty good book. You should, um, yeah, it's I'll, exactly I'll, what you said though. I'll pick that up. I, you know, I, I liked um, the first Break All the Rules was a book that I think um, if, you've, if anybody's read it, was a, is a great book on management too by Gallup. And it's, it's really in that same vein, Jared, of what you're just talking mm. about, of um, making sure you're treating each person individually because they all have their own fears, threats, goals, et cetera. Yeah. And this idea that you come in and manage everyone the same, um, you know, they, they kind of like this fairness doctor, doctrine. Well, I treat everyone the same. Well, that's great, but you're going to be a <laughs> poor manager if you treat everyone the same. Because, you know, the person that has two small children at home is going to have different concerns and, and goals and things like that than the person who's, like you said, might be, you know, in the last 10 years of their career, right? And they're just trying to just trying to ride something out or make some more money before they retire or whatever. And knowing those motivations, goals, and, and kind of inner workings of the people on your team um, really do help you to become better at that. So I, I love that idea of that. Yep having three, I have three different levels of leadership. And I honestly feel like that. I have three different people on my team with distinct personalities and they all need different things from me. And that's kind of what I tried to do when I came in was, Hey, I'm not here to, I'm not here to put my thumb on your head and tell you what to do. And the last thing I want to do is ruin something you love about your job. 
right? Because you didn't open with with you didn't open with um, the KPIs you're going to start tracking that worked at your last <laughs> company. Is that you didn't do that? Uh, oh. So I, I really did try oh. to figure out from each person, like, what do you love about what you do? Like, what do you love now? Because I want to make sure whatever we do to provide growth progress, you know, for the company and for you is leverages what you already love to do here. Um, what you already love about your job that I don't change those things, but we knock down the things that, that frustrate you, the things you hate, the things that, the things that bother you to make sure you can reach your goal. Cause I know we all have goals in sales to make more money. You know, how do we do that? What's in your way? And so, you know, I always say I'm the tight end, you know, I'm not the quarterback, you know, I'm not the, I'm not running the team. I'm, I'm blocking and tackling, right? Like I'm, I'm trying to clear a lane for somebody else. Like you guys are still running the ball. So um, I kind of have seen it yeah. that way. I, I'll tell you, I lean towards the professional development thing. I was going to go back to this only because I want to tell a story about my dad, but uh, <laughs> I, I lean towards the professional <laughs> development thing because I saw it. I, I honestly saw it with my dad. Um, my dad had been a, uh, had worked underground in the mines. He worked underground in the copper mine in, in Arizona. Uh, his dad was the HR manager. My grandpa was at the mine there. So he, he got into mining as like his first job. We moved to Idaho and he worked underground in the mine. But he was a pretty, you know, my dad's a pretty smart guy. He's, he's um, real low key. He's, you know, six foot five, 230 pounds. But like he's, I heard him yell once in my life, right? He's just one of these really big guys who's very soft spoken and, and, uh, and just runs steady. So, you know, he probably would have done that forever, but they closed the mine. He came out of there with uh, a skill set. They, they taught him to be an electrician when he was in the mines. So he was running cable within the mines. And when yeah. he moved back to Arizona, he got a job with McDonnell Douglas helicopter, which got bought by Boeing eventually. But uh, McDonnell Douglas helicopter at the Apache helicopter plant, which was, if you want to go to a cool take your kid to work day, which I loved every year, going to the Apache plant, watching the Apache helicopters flying around, sitting in, sitting in the co-pilot seat, putting on the gunner's helmet and turning your head left and right and watching the gun track and the, their guidance system move around. So cool. But uh, the thing that kept operating my, the turret. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, they obviously not up in the air, but I did get to sit in one on the ground and wear the, the helmet and look through the monocle that had the guidance system on it, which was pretty cool. Uh, you didn't get but, to fly like in a combat mission? Oh, what are we oh, yeah. Yeah. No, if I was a real good BS or <laughs> if I was an actual natural sales guy, I'd tell you the pilot took me up in the air and I got to ride around in Apache, which would <laughs> never, never pass any sort of, <laughs> any sort of code anywhere. No. Um, no, but I did get to sit in one on the ground. The, the thing was, though, that my dad, um, he was a facilities, he was kind of a facilities engineer. So he, he fixed production equipment on the floor. So if there was a pipe bender that broke or if there was wire stripper or something like that, he would fix that. And each of these machines kind of had, like Aaron was saying about training um, from manufacturers, like he never missed a chance to go somewhere. So they'd send him, they'd want him to train on a new machine they brought in, he'd go to Toronto or he'd go to Tol Culver City or he'd go to, you know, Kansas City or somewhere where they had these machines and always do the training. And uh, I always thought about that as a kid because, you know, um, number one, companies a lot of times aren't thinking about people's professional development. And I think when we, even when we interview for jobs, I think it's a good question to ask, like, what are you going to invest in me? when I come here, like I'm, I'm willing to invest this in you. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to give you my 60 hours a week for this amount of money. And I'm going to do that at my highest level every single day that I can. Um, 
you know, but I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that same thing for 40 years. You know, how are you investing in me to move me forward too? Um, I think about that. And then the other thing is I thought is that he never said no. So the company was willing to do it, but he never said no. And the company went through several rounds of layoffs over the years when things would get slow or things would go bad. And he always made it through. He was there 30, I think 34 years at the end before he retired, but like he always made it through because he was the person who always said yes. And he had all the skill, like you couldn't let him go. He was one of three guys that knew how to fix the machine. And he was one of three guys that knew how to fix it. He was like because... Jim Carrey. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And, and yes, man. And yes, man. Yeah. You want to fix this machine? Yes, Just I do. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I, I want to learn. Yes, that. I do. Yes, I do. You want to learn how to fix this? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I'm sure some of them weren't, I mean, I'm thinking back, I'm sure some of them weren't terribly exciting for him in certain ways, right? I'm sure he looked at something and goes, oh my God, they're going to change something no. out of fix for 40 years and they're going to, you know, they're going to move something out and I got to learn something new. But, but he always said yes. And I think it, it did him well, but I also think that those opportunities kept him there so long, you know, like he felt loyal to them. Hmm. Have either of you read the book, uh, one minute manager? No, I haven't read that one either. Sounds like, uh, sounds like that's up my alley though. Is it a one minute read? <laughs> <laughs> it, not, it's, it's a little bit on the shorter side, but okay. it basically talks about how someone that's starting to become a manager and they're interviewing different people in the company that all report to this one person. And one of them is like a brand new employee. And one of them has been there like 20 years and just the different management styles that exist, depending upon the other people that they work with. It was kind of an interesting read. Um, and so like me personally, even though my position really isn't in any form of management, like, but I've been with a company for so long that a lot of people will come to me for at least guidance or, Hey, sure. how do I approach this type of situation? Yeah. I think there's, there's yeah, always, I mean, that's, 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 that's that, that. Oh, there's that latency getting us marked. Sorry, Jared. There's Go that ahead. latency. It's all right. I, I was just going to say that's, that's exactly what like five levels of leadership talks about Aaron is, is that it's the five and, and, and the key is it's the five levels of leadership, not management. Right. So, so right. Aaron, you, you have a leadership. It sounds like you, you have a leadership position, even if you don't have a management position. Yeah. Yes. I I would agree with that. I, I worked at a company where, you know, when new people came in, they asked me to, they asked me, I mean, I wasn't a manager. Um, I was in the job. I was a high performer in the job. Um, I had had Are you success. talking about the ice cream? Are you talking about this, the, the job you had scooping ice cream? Yes. Yes. The one that I got fired from, from, from <laughs> yeah. putting my thumb the wrong way. So did you hear this story, Aaron? I got fired. I got fired. I'll give you the short version. I was working, I was working for free for a friend, family friend who makes uh, gelato and they put cherries in the middle of the gelato before sure. they dip it in chocolate. And apparently um, <laughs> after being shown twice, um, this just old Italian gentleman came over to me, watched me, watched me put my thumb in a scoop of ice cream about three times and goes, Mark, go shrink wrap some boxes. <laughs> so I got fired <laughs> off the uh, thumb sticking into the ice cream line for apparently not having the right skill set yeah. and got put back on shrink wrap big boxes. You weren't an expert being shown something twice. You were not a full-blown <laughs> expert. 
expert in how to do something? I, Come I, on. I do not yeah. know. Well, the, the technical explanation he gave me to Aaron is this. So, so I was doing this job um, and then he came over to me and he watched me do the job and he goes, Mark, you're doing it like this. You need to do it like that. And I said, okay. And he does this little hand gesture. You're doing it like this. You need to do it like that. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I thought I quit doing it like this and started doing it like that. But apparently <laughs> I was still doing it like this because I got fired. It wasn't that enough. It was wrong. And I felt like Kramer from Seinfeld. I'm like, dude, I don't even work yeah. here. Like I, I'm here for free helping you guys. <laughs> <laughs> what you get for being a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, I had that at a company where, you know, I was, I was, I was asked to, you know, I was asked to show people the job. I was asked to be the resource for questions and all of those things. Um, and really the success of the new person, the, the ownership kind of looked on me if, if the person wasn't doing well or misunderstood something or that was me. Um, so it is interesting that you can, you're right, Jared, you can be in a position of leadership without um, having a title. And I think, you know, even to Aaron's yeah. extent, it's not even that the management has asked him to do that. It's that people know, they see him, they see the way that he's perceived within the company. They value his reputation and, and his uh, performance and they just come to him and say, Hey, I'm having problems with this, or I need help with this. You, you seem like a guy that knows what to do, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, those, those were the only three would you rather questions I had thought of. I, I, I didn't even know it'd take us 45 minutes in, which I'm happy it did, but do you guys have a, would you rather? I'm just question? glad none of them, none of them were about Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, this, this, none of them were none of them were the not safe for work. Would you rather cards against humanity type <laughs> questions? I figured you got enough in enough trouble, you know, on Facebook that you know you didn't have to have those here, Jared. It's a healthy, good, informative discussion we're having on Facebook, and and it's been a long time since that's happened. It could be historic. I I would say I think so. I try to stay away from posting things that. I try to stay away from posting things that I know are going to spur conversations like that because I might get a million dings and notifications <laughs> and someone replied to your comment. And so I'll, I try to avoid some things. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you know, the other big key is, is that my, my, I will say like my, my social media channels, specifically Facebook are fairly um, curated in, in, in who I actually have as friends. And yeah. so when I make a, a sarcastic remark or a joke that you wouldn't really know was sarcastic or a joke unless you knew me, I'm fairly safe to do that because the only people that can read that are people that actually know me. So, yeah. I'm, you know, on, on Twitter, it's different because I have, you know, quite a, quite a few people on there that don't actually know me that just know me through Twitter or whatever. So but Facebook is actually pretty well. That's why I only posted it on Facebook too. Sure. If I would have, po if I would have posted it on Twitter, we'd be, yeah, I'd probably be banned and <laughs> I'd be kicked off and three people would be pressing charges and yeah, I'd be, <laughs> it'd yes. just get out of control. Exactly. You would have lost 18 customers by now. Hey, talking about, yeah. fact, I, I like that idea. I do, I do curate my Facebook pretty well. I, I will say I've brought more work I, not work, but industry 
people into my Facebook this year than I have in the past um, because I've been getting yeah. requests. Um, I will tell you, I don't even have Facebook app installed on my phone though, because it's, it's something that I'm not, I'm not in there enough um, to do that kind of stuff. But uh, I was going to ask, yeah. um, talking about social and all these things, I saw something, Aaron, in passing and we can, maybe we can close out with this. You can tell us what you're up to or what you're thinking about. <laughs> but I saw something in passing um, that you were thinking about doing like a YouTube live show or something on. It's something I've kind of toyed around with and I need to figure out the right way to do it. Um, because I've thought about to do maybe of some way that I could just, maybe it's just me rambling or just, but that also maybe just have some people call in kind of thing or people that just want to chat and I just need to figure out the best way to do it. Um, I'll be completely honest that streaming is something that I haven't really done at all. I have, don't have a whole lot of experiences with it. So it's something that I went back and forth in my head about doing and I don't know. We'll see what happens. I like the idea. Maybe eventually I'll actually do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the idea. I'll tell you, um, I know Chris Netto was doing, Chris Netto, we can't go through a show without saying that. I know Chris Netto was toying around with some of that. So if you, um, if you want some, uh, some advice on platforms and experience, you may, you may ping him. He's super open to doing, yeah. you know, giving advice on stuff like that. He was, I, I think it was around the time he started AV and the AM, or maybe it was, maybe it was sometime into it, but uh, he was doing the Rebels uh, in Flux. Well, not the Rebels in Flux. He was doing something where he would just go live on Instagram. Um, and when you go live on Instagram, if somebody's in the comments, you can actually invite them into the live feed. Their video doesn't come in, but their audio does. So oh, you, could okay. be, you could be sitting there live on Instagram. People are commenting live. You're watching the comments and going back and forth. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, that was interesting. Hey, Bob, you you just mentioned this. Are you free? You want me to, you know, you want to call in or you want me to want to join me and you can invite them. That's cool. You can invite them in and have a kind of an impromptu conversation like that. I thought it was really interesting because I think sometimes, you know, we do stumble, like, you know, we stumble onto something that some, a lot of people are very interested in and maybe somebody you don't know has a unique perspective or all of a sudden they're, they're there live and you could pull them in. Um, I, I think that adds a whole new level to what we're doing. I know streaming platforms are, I, I looked at a few of them for this show, honestly, for people like having multiple people, but the latency between like, we're talking about latency this morning, which isn't really that bad, Jared. I looked at one that was like two, three seconds, you know, it was like internet radio with call-ins mm -hmm. and it was really right. bad. <laughs> like it was, it was terrible. So I, I think there's a way to do it through one of the existing platforms like Periscope or, or Instagram or Facebook Live or something where, you're, where the latency isn't bad. You could leverage platform people are on and, and do that. It's a cool idea, man. That's why I wanted to bring it up because I, well, I wanted to encourage and, you to do it because I think it's a good it, idea. If you, if you get it going, Aaron, I'm, I'm sure Mark and I would have <laughs> you back to plug, to plug your show to our, our millions of listeners and give you some leverage there, you know? Yeah, or, or if, you threw out a pop, if you threw out a pop quiz for somebody to join in, you know, one of us might answer it. <laughs> right, for sure. Well, I've also started maybe looking at into Twitch as well is another platform that might right. be an option as well. But I just need, I need to sit and do some research and I just haven't taken the time to do that yet. Yeah. You around the job, 
right? It's sometimes hard. It's sometimes hard to find that extra time. But, you yeah. know, I, I would say that's a good development. That's a good development exercise, going back to one of our would you yeah. rathers. Well, I'm, be- hoping to, I'm hoping here in Iowa, I'm definitely in kind of a bubble and reach out and potentially to write be some people that watch that are in that have been in the industry for a long time in other parts of the country or even the world that I haven't interacted with and hopefully can spur some conversations. I like that. I yep. like the I like the voice for for people that haven't traditionally participated, right? Or for people that don't don't see themselves as extroverted but have a lot to offer. I always I always love that. Like I'm not real good with people or I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of introverted. They seem to be the people with some of like the best input in meetings when you can get them, you know, like there's that one thing that sparks passion and it, the barrier is gone, all of a sudden gone. They're not worried about how they perceive themselves. They have something to share and they jump in. Um, I love that. And, and I love it. I love platforms, I guess, or, or processes that encourage that because I think sometimes some of the, our best uh, advice and resources are sidelined um, just because they don't see themselves as well, social, we, right? We, uh, I decided to start trying to be, get more involved in social media and in, in, in the industry because we had a few fairly senior people at MacDyne that have retired and moved on that they were the people at MacDyne that were getting involved in the industry and Infocom and Nivixa and going to trade shows and things. But since they've retired and whatever, um, we've kind of haven't had a, someone to do that at MacDyne. And so I was like, well, I might as well start looking into it. And that's when I started posting more on Twitter and rebranding my Twitter account to be a little bit more professional than it was and participating in AV and the AM and just, going to these AV happy hours and stuff. So yeah, it's been very successful so far. That's awesome, man. Well, I know Jared and I look forward to uh, always hearing new things and and getting new resources. So hopefully you get that off the ground when you do let us know. Yep. (laughs) For sure. Awesome. Well guys, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to wrap. I got morning meetings. I'm sure you guys have stuff to get to. Jared's now an hour later because Canada moved their time around. (laughs) <laughs> yep they just arbitrarily move their time around yeah i don't know i don't know what's wrong everyone with them. everyone shifted around us everyone shifted it i always like i said i felt like that in arizona we didn't have daylight savings time in arizona either so i always had to i always had to like recalculate it Are, is new york two hours ahead of me or three hours ahead of me right now i don't know uh yep. Well, cool guys. Hey, thanks for, thanks for jumping in everybody. Thanks for listening and uh, keep an eye out on social. We're, we're always looking for new voices. And if you'd like to, to jump on the show, uh, you don't have to wait for a pop quiz. You could shoot us a DM. Somebody's done that before too, uh, which is cool. And uh, we hope you yep. got something out of it. So thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, thanks for having me. All right, everybody. Take care. Thank you.